All right, what is up, my brothers? We're on live for an episode of Playing to Win, joined by my friend again, Ryan, who is a uh, SEO affiliate marketer. Uh, we want a bunch of stories shared to you on um, uh, side hustles, because aside from the questions that people send me all the time around being more successful with women, you know, the other one is, well, what about money? How do I make more money? What about a side hustle? I've got this idea, you know, should I do this, that, and the other thing? And I want to, I want to spend a little bit of time on that. Cause I don't think that there's enough content put out there, um, that really illustrates the importance of getting yourself off the ground with a proper business, not a, not a joke of a business. A lot of guys will get into something they think is a side hustle. That's not, but I want to spend the first half of this broadcast really talking about that. How you doing, Ryan? Doing good. Doing good, Rich. So yeah, I, that, what you say is like so true. A lot of people have a, a side hustle that they think is, you know, it makes them a couple extra bucks, but it doesn't really turn into something that's like lasting and meaningful. So I'm glad at, we got to get to talk about it. At, at what point, I mean, how would you define it? Like, what is a side hustle? Because for me, I look at it as something that becomes a means to an end. It's it's not it's not an exchange for time, you know, for money to make an extra 12 bucks an hour or something like that. But it's like it's something that leads into full-time investment into a big payout. Like I want a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I want recurring revenue. Like what do you what do you define as a legit side hustle? Because I know you've been self-employed for a while since you're in the military, but what for you would you define as a legit side hustle? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot like what you just said. It's something that you can build that leads into something else, something that's a stepping stone into, you know, like you said, a bigger payout or, you know, exiting your your full-time job or, or just something that can snowball into something else. Um, I think a lot of times people see these like, uh, you know, Uber, driving Uber and, uh, you know, flipping stuff like, like uh, I think I saw like flipping washing machines the other day on some Facebook group or something like that. And that's cool. That's nice to make some extra cash, but just know that that's not going to like turn into something big. You're not going to exit that business for, you know, seven figures or something like that. So my definition of a side hustle is doing something that turns into something bigger so that you can, you know, turn it into almost like a career, that type of thing. And yeah, I just made a note here to talk about flipping and Uber as well because I want to because I want to hit on those because there's because there's times where that mostly doesn't work, but there's some ways to kind of make it work. Um, how many different businesses have you run as you've been self-employed? Like, like what hasn't worked out for you? Like, how did you arrive at SEO affiliate marketing? Yeah, I've tried a bunch of different stuff, and I've always kind of been involved in the internet space in general, just like digital marketing that type of thing. I remember when I first uh, kind of, I was close to when I got back from a deployment. Um, what I would do is I would try and become like a consultant for companies for their social media programs and their, you know, digital marketing, um, uh, campaigns and that type of thing. So I'd try and build a website and consult with the bigger companies like roofing companies, that type of thing. And I would try to kind of get them on the hook by sending them this, uh, like, basically a piece of mail that had a big trash can in it and it had like a note in it that said, Hey, your marketing's trash and stuff like that. And I'd send inside of it would be like a YouTube video, a link to a YouTube video where I'd talk about how terrible their website was and got some upset phone calls from that. And, uh, it just never worked out to where somebody would, you know, take, take me on to do work for them. And at that point in time too, I kind of know, knew that when I was doing that, I was just exchanging my, my time for, for money instead of actually building something that was more like an asset that I could, you know, to generate that could generate income and sell further down the line. So, you know, that just never worked out because, um, you know, you've got to constantly be on the hunt for those people to continually bring in, uh, revenue. And it was just a real hard grind. And, um, you know, I stopped doing that. I mean, another thing that I tried to do, and I think a lot of people try to do this as well is, you know, real estate, buying houses and stuff and, or buying a commercial property. And that's, and that's good if you have the cash, but you know, at the time it was, uh, it was hard to kind of get into that. And I, I look at different houses and I just I couldn't come up with that, you know, little bit, bit of money to, to invest in that house and rent it out. So I kind of tried that and abandoned it pretty quickly, but, um, 
you know, there's just a lot of those things that it takes either takes a lot of capital or it takes like a big, uh, a big time investment that you have to kind of keep up with. Like you have to follow up with somebody in the sales process in order to get them to become a client. And if you don't follow up with them in a certain amount of time, you know, you could lose them and they just become not interested. I've seen, I've seen super, um, I mean, I don't want to name any names, but I've seen big name YouTube guys, uh, you know, business icon dudes advertising on YouTube pre-roll ads and other places, um, for exactly the type of business that you were mentioning earlier, where you would try to target roofers with a garbage can and you'd help them with their social media marketing or their local ad search marketing and stuff like that. Um, how much did you earn monthly doing that? Oh, maybe a couple hundred bucks and I kind of gave it up. There wasn't yeah. much much to it. Yeah, they usually make um, promises of you'll make like $2,500 to $3,500 a month. And I know the model, like I know how it works. And it's like, no, it's like you're like, you have to be really good at it. One and two, you, like you have to find like a, a good niche. Um, you might be testing for quite a bit, but you're always working, right? I mean, like you're always yeah, you're busting your you're busting your butt. Yeah, yeah. Um, which kind of like brings you know brings me to one of the points that I wanted to talk about with side hustles that don't work. It's where you're it's where you're exchanging me for a while. Shouldn't be completely surprised that I'm that I'm going to sit on this dog walking services, uh, car hire services, um, you know, renting your car out services like Turo, um, you know, driving Uber, Lyft, or whatever. I remember I did this analysis once and I intended to do a video, but I was just like, there was so much content on it already, but the actual ROI on driving for Uber, it's, it's really low. I think you make less than minimum wage, um, yeah, especially when you factor in the time that you're sitting around waiting for a ride. If you're sitting in your car somewhere, if you just ended a ride and you're waiting, um, a lot of guys do nothing. And you know, once you factor in insurance, gas, wear and tear, um, and all the other stuff that you got to do it even today, you know, the cost goes up for a lot of these guys too, because they have to have masks on and gloves and all this kind of crap. Spit shield. Um, like the cost of what you earn is, is, is quite a bit lower than minimum wage. It's like a third lower than minimum wage. Have you ever driven for Uber? No, I have not. No, yeah. Not, so. Yeah. I, I mean, like these I, guys are never making millions, right? Uh, no, there's no way, there's no way to scale it. There's no way to, to make it into something, something bigger. And I, yeah. I've seen the, the numbers that you're talking about. It's, it's, you know, when you take into account all the different things like gas, you know, car maintenance and all that type of stuff, you're barely, you're barely getting by. So, and if people, people don't realize it, and that's the smart thing that Uber did is they completely have monetized other people's vehicles for their benefit. So. Yeah, they have, they arguably have the largest fleet of taxis out there that they don't have to maintain, pay insurance <laughs> on or anything, you know, because Crazy. they, because they throw it on the shoulders of the drivers. Right. Um, there's like, there's nothing to brag about if you're, if you're exchanging a block of time for less than, than what amounts to less than minimum wage at the end of the day. Um, so I think that you got to be incredibly careful. I mean, I get there's some guys there that need to earn an income and it works for them to some degree, or maybe they're on peak hours and, and, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, it, it just doesn't really have any long-term legs on it. It's just a very, very difficult model. The only time that I've seen it work successfully. I remember I saw this um, article, the guy was interviewed, I think in an entrepreneur magazine or Forbes or, or something like that. But he lived in, um, he lived in LA, I think in the Beverly Hills area is what he targeted. And he actually ended up having a fleet of cars. I don't know if you heard, ever heard this story, but he was a, um, basically a uh, jeweler and he would focus on picking up rides that were usually women. And he'd have this handmade jewelry inside his car um, so, you know, he had their attention for 25, 35 minutes, you know, in some cases driving around with the jewelry there, they'd want to look at it, of course, because it's a shiny object. And he made a fortune, not off Uber, but the Uber got him in front of people that, that had the opportunity and, and the financial means to buy the handmade jewelry that he was making for massive profits. And then he hired a couple of other guys to, of course, do the exact same thing and put the jewelry in their car and paid a commission. That's the only time that I've seen it work. But I mean, if you're just going to drive right. around picking up rides and dropping them off, I've never seen anybody make millions off that. It's 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 just not a feasible business model. Um, right. So basically anything, you know, from my perspective, exchanging time for money, 
where you're making less than three thousand dollars a month, I mean, you might as well go go and get yourself a job, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you talked about yeah. flipping on Facebook. You know, flipping on yeah. like Craigslist, Facebook. Uh, we got Kijiji here. I don't know if you got that in the states, but there's all these like different marketplaces. Let go. Um, I know one guy that does really well with weights, especially during the COVID period. Sure. You ever see these guys like they'll go out and they'll find dumbbells, they'll find the bow flexes, they'll find bench, you know, equipment. And since the gyms were closed right. down, people were looking for alternate ways. So he would buy this stuff and flip it. In some cases, do pretty good. But what's absent from that, from your perspective? Because I mean, like you build something long term with passive income with some large payout at the end. Yeah, I mean, there's no longevity to it. Like things are starting to open up. People are gonna. I mean, the manufacturers are gonna again bring their bring their uh capabilities back online and we're going to have weights again eventually like it's not like it's going to be gone forever so i mean it's cool that you take advantage of an opportunity like that and you know it's cool if you make a chunk of change doing that but i mean when you're talking about finance you're talking about your entire life like you need something to work for for a long time it's it's longevity and that's the thing that that seems to be missing from that yeah. and unless there's <clears throat> unless there's some way maybe you can gather those people's information that you sell the dumbbells to maybe and build a list of people who are interested in fitness, that type of thing. I mean, just having a long-term view is, is super important when it comes to that type of thing. So that's why I don't do that. I see my, I see, I have a friend who, uh, he goes on like, uh, he does, he does that type of stuff like flipping. He found some old buses that he's going to scrap for metal. And I say, oh, cool, you're going to do that. How much are you going to make? He's like, oh, I'll make like, you know, $1,000 a bus. There's three buses. I'll make three grand. But I have to buy them for, you know, uh, maybe 500 bucks or something like that. So I said, so what I do is I say, oh, cool, you need the capital. Cut me in on the deal and uh, and I can help you out and I'll make half the profit and I don't have to do any of the work. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, that's kind of how I see those type of things is I'm not going to do it myself, but if somebody it's a simple thing and it takes me three texts and a Venmo wire, mm -hmm. then I'm good to go. But it's, as far as long-term sustainability, it's not something I'm interested in. So Yeah, it's a tough one. I've only seen one guy that, that does really well at it. Um, he's off the books, so he doesn't pay taxes. He's basically structured his life. So he's invisible, but that's another story that really, you know, you don't talk about on YouTube. Um, so we talked about flipping. We talked about low level stuff. Uh, business to consumer platforms like Uber, Wag, Walking Dogs. Um, what about like Airbnb? Have you seen that as a, as a successful model for, for a side hustle? Like I've, like I've seen guys promote uh, programs where they're like, I'll show you how to make, you know, millions of dollars without actually owning the real estate. You just kind of lease it and they have like a plan and a program. You ever seen those? Yeah, I've seen them. I don't know a whole lot about them, but uh, I do know that you're kind of just like, similar to Uber, you're kind of building a business on top of somebody else's uh, platform in a way mm -hmm. that sort of, that kind of scares me in some ways. And uh, I'm not sure what happened to all the Airbnbs um, in Tennessee here where I live, but um, I think uh, I'm, they might be hurting right now because of, you know, what's, what's been going on. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess if, if you, if you have contingency plans, if, you know, Airbnb, you know, either go it's probably not going to go offline but if they start to cut into your your profits you gotta think about that um but other than that i really don't know much about it but um those are kind of things off the top of my head that kind of scare me yeah um, i just want to chime in on that airbnb thing because i had a friend that used to um i guess airbnb his place and then um you know when they would book it he'd go off on vacation they'd stay there he'd come back they would actually pay for his vacation sort of thing and it seemed like a pretty good gig the only problem was uh, the local government municipality where he lives caught wind of um, people doing short-term rentals and they changed the local legislation uh, to enforce a new law that basically taxes you for running a short-term rental in your principal residence. So if you can picture this, like you've bought your house, you pay your property taxes on your house, you know, whether you have a mortgage or not is not relevant, but now all of a sudden the local, uh, Local authorities figured, all right, well, if these guys are doing short-term rentals and making five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a year, <clears throat> let's figure out a way to uh, tax them on it. So they passed new legislation for STRs; they call it a short-term rental, hmm. and I think the annual fee is five thousand dollars to be able to offer 
like your own property that you own and you pay for and you already pay property taxes on. So you have to pay them for that. And if, and if you're not paying it, then they go and enforce a levy against your property. Meaning um, if you choose not to, but you have your property listed on Airbnb and they catch wind of it, which they do because they check it now. I think there's some cross-reference checks now where Airbnb sends that information uh, to the local government. And if they catch you on it, then they place a lien against your house for the $5,000. You can't, you can't uh, discharge your mortgage. You can't renew your mortgage. You can't sell your house without paying that lien, which of course accrues interest. So a lot of these, a lot of these notions of, yeah, just go do, you know, do this and that, like lease at your house, walk people's dogs, drive a car, you know, all of these B2C components, all these business to consumer, like marketplaces that connect to people, they don't have longevity and they don't have the opportunity to make the big bucks. And I think that's where most people focus on side hustle money, like how to make that extra money or to build up, you know, like I'm working on my side hustle, but they don't understand what they're getting into. Yeah. And it's difficult because I mean, the long-term things, it might be slow in the beginning, but you know, you got to be able to build up that, that equity uh, or that, that uh, snowball effect is, is what I'm always looking for. How can this snowball into something bigger? So, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I knew, I knew in Chicago with the Airbnbs, I think there was some legislation against them that, that kind of killed that there, but, uh, I wasn't sure. So I think it's starting to spread around. Like I know there's some areas where they're still free and clear, but as soon as a local government who's always hungry for tax revenue figures out, yeah. oh, look, they're doing it here and it seems to work and they've generated X amount of tax revenue. I mean, if it's practically a wash, if you're making 15, 20 grand a year renting out your principal residence and all of a sudden the local uh, office wants 5,000, plus they That's also a charge lot. a fee for every rental. It's like, dude, you're charging 25% of what I'm earning all of a sudden. And plus you have to pay income tax on that money too, right? So not only are you paying income tax to the federal government, I mean, here anyway, you also have to pay the local municipality a $5,000 fee for the privilege of renting out your own freaking home, right? Oh my gosh. These things erode over time. Um, Anyway, you guys get the idea. I mean, if you have uh, a question about a potential side hustle, you can just drop it in the in the chat over there. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for it. I, I see uh, there's a question here already for you, Ryan, on um, affiliate SEO, which I'll, I'll, I'll deal with in a minute because I kind of want to frame a little bit more about what affiliate SEO is and why you do it and why it, it it's 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 got legs for long term. So layman guys out there watching this that don't know what this is, explain this to them at the entry level. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the biggest, the biggest thing is you're, you're setting up a website, you're driving traffic to it through Google. And then on the website, you're reviewing products or you're explaining products and you're, um, you know, writing about things that uh, people are interested in and that have buyer intent. So if someone types in best protein powder, for example, that person is specifically searching for protein powder and what the best one out there. So their, their intent to buy is very high. So when you have, when you go over the best protein powders, you maybe have a, a list of a couple that you recommend that person is on your site and he will click on, he or she will click on a, uh, a link on your website and then be taken to another vendor or website that sells the protein powder. And so let's just kind of use this as an example. Sorry to, um, just stop you there Way better. Just, just to give the visual. So I just yeah. typed in best protein powder in my area and I see an ad here for review 10 best. Now this is a pay-per-click ad. Correct. Um, you're talking about SEO versions of that. So like yeah. this looks like one over here, right? Like best protein powders 2020 and what to look for. Like that would be one. Yeah. Try, you can try that one. Um, so, so that's a UK publication. So is that an affiliate link? Best protein powders in 2020. <laughs> Yeah, Coach so that's Mag. the website. Yeah, so what they're going to do is they're going to talk about the best protein powders, and when they talk about them, there'll be a link to them, and then you see buy from my protein that got link it right there. Yeah, and then that's that'll an be an affiliate, affiliate link. link to my proteins to yep. to sell that for thirty five dollars. So anybody that would read that review and then buy from that link is going to pay a commission to the guy that runs the site. Yeah, so coachmag.co.uk would receive a commission if you would have just bought that right there. Okay, um, so the user's intent is I want to look for the best protein powders. Um, let me just go back here again so I can kind of walk through the step by step. So the ones that will 
let me just spell it right. There we go. So the ones that pop up at the top are pay-per-click ads. You can see ad, ad, ad. There's one for Amazon, one for BioSteel, and this one here that says review 10 best, but he's paying to put that in front of you. Correct. And then you've got ones that rank on SEO. Now, by the way, I don't know if this is still true because I because I haven't done a lot of SEO work for a while now. I mean, I, I used to run it all for my uh, debt business, but if I'm not mistaken, the stats were most people don't click on ads. Most people actually scroll down and they click on the organic stuff. Is that right still? Yeah, that's right. Um, people tend to trust something that doesn't say ad next to it. You know, who would think? Got it. Um, so. Okay, so... You know, obviously they're seeking best protein powder, best protein powder 2020 and what to look for. They're then presented with multiple solutions to the problem and any one of those solutions that they would click and buy from, the guy's going to earn a commission, right? Right. Yep. So if you just kind of break down the numbers with it, best protein powder, I think I could be wrong on this, but the last time I checked, I think it was searched maybe 10,000 times per month. Mm -hmm. So you've got 10,000 people typing that into Google. Uh, a month. And if that person, this website is the third, uh, the third organic search result down, they get maybe 10% of that traffic. Right. So the, you, um, is there a way to find out how much traffic the site gets? If we plug the URL into like, um, I don't know, Alexa or something like that. Like, do they still have that? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't use Alexa. I use Ahrefs, but you can see how much traffic it, it does get, um, with like different tools. It's a paid tool, but oh, you can't um, get the, the the free tool to tell you. Uh, nothing off the top of my head. I've I'm sure there before. is. Yeah, I've used this but, before. I haven't touched it in a while, but yeah, this was a very useful site when I use it. But yeah, so that's so that's basically how what you're talking about works is you build a website, you review products, and of course, it's going to be a useful review. Hopefully, it's not it's not fluff or pie in the sky. This guy published this July 2020. He's also got ads running on his uh, page, which earns him a small amount of um, ad revenue. Yep. It's not big. I mean, do you know? Yep. Do you know what the earnings are on the ads? Like the AdSense on the page? Yeah, the AdSense is is. I know MediaVine is is a vendor that does ads, and they do anywhere from fifteen to twenty five dollars per thousand impressions. Um, but it's, it's whenever you factor it in with affiliate income, it's just a small percentage. Um, mm. it's, it's kind of an extra add on that you do. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of like ad revenue on YouTube videos, except for it's a lot lower with YouTube videos. It's like seven bucks per thousand impressions. Right. So, okay. So they, so they run an ad on your page. Then you have your offer. People read about it, why the guy likes it. This isn't that comprehensive really though. This is really just like number two is this one. Yeah, to concentrate just, in this way may not be more refined. You'll find pricier options, but it's incredible value considering 24.2. I mean, honestly, this dude could have done a way better review on these products. Yeah. And then it's click here to buy now sort of thing. Yeah. So that's what it is that you're doing. Now, at the end of the day, um, you end up with a piece of real estate. I'm calling it real estate because it's a domain, right? Can you Can you also talk yeah. about that real estate and the value of it later on down the road? Yeah. So, I mean, when you, when you set up a site like this and it gets traffic on a regular basis, um, it's earning income for you just sitting on online. So you're just sitting around, maybe you're tweaking the site every once in a while, but it's very, it's pretty, pretty passive. You basically move on to either create a new website or create more content for the site. So while that's in there generating income, you're building up a, um, a history of cash flow. And when you do, when you have that history of cash flow, you can go to places that broker these websites and value them based off of the cash flow. So it's it turns into an asset that's sellable. And the multiples, how it works is they give you multiples. Usually it's anywhere from like 15 to even 40 times monthly earnings. So let's say that that website was producing, you know, $10,000 a month or something, which is very conservative. It probably does more. If that's multiplied by, you know, 25 monthly multiple, you know, that's a site that you can sell for 250 grand. Hmm. Um, so this is, it, that's kind of the exit strategy for, for these sites. Um, in, in order to generate a big chunk of change, you can sell them at different marketplaces online. Uh, so it's just something that's, that's like the biggest uh, plus of all this is it turns into a real business and something that you can actually sell and actually exit for a decent amount of money to either flip into new websites or, you know, invest somewhere else or, but 
that's that's the biggest thing is once when you start to sell these things, the return on investment just goes to the roof because of the because of the amount that you can get for them. So, I saw a question here in the chat from somebody that said, "What are your thoughts on wholesaling brands on Amazon? How is that different from SEO affiliate work?" Yeah, I don't I don't do wholesaling brands on Amazon or anything like that. But um, there's a couple of people in the space that I know that talk about doing their Amazon business. It's just kind of a different animal and it does work for some people, but I have heard, you know, horror stories about people putting stuff on Amazon and building up a brand on Amazon and, you know, doing really well, being very profitable. And then what Amazon does essentially is, you know, they come in they see that you're doing well and they create a, they don't take you down or anything, but they create like a copycat image of your, of your product. And then they basically replace your product position in Amazon, I guess, and start selling their own product at a profit. And basically you've done all the research for them. You've done all the analysis and they just see that how profitable you are. And then they take that, take that listing. So that's kind of scared me about it. I'm not a Amazon, you know, expert by any means, but yeah, um, that's something that, uh, I, I want to avoid. So I've just yep. heard so many stories. Yeah, I have too. I mean, there's a lot of guys that, um, have built an entire business on Amazon as a platform and they've either shut it down or they had to shut it down or it just wasn't profitable anymore. Um, because of exactly what you described there. But the other big problem too, with that is you're still dealing with a physical product. And I've said many times, right. I don't like the idea of moving something physical between you and your customer. Um, I like the idea of either of either service or a digital product simply because you like the cost to move it is really either via email or or via credit card transaction fee, which is quite low. You don't deal with returns, you don't deal with refunds, you don't deal with loss in the mail, you don't deal with inventory, you don't deal with drop shipping. Um, I know the go-to model for a lot of guys, like this guy was asking here, was wholesaling brands on Amazon. You can make some money at it, but um, it's quite difficult. It's a lot harder than what you think. Um, you know, building a business that doesn't move things to your customer is, in my opinion, far better, which is why I like what you're talking about with SEO affiliate. I just wanted to look at the um, other option here, which was a paid ad, and get your feedback on this because we because we found the other one that was um, organic under Coach Mag and it said best protein powders 2020. This one here is a paid ad. Um, I don't know what the rate is. He could be paying five bucks or. 15 bucks or 20 bucks for me to click this. We're going to go ahead and click it anyway. And it brings me to a landing page. It says review 10 best. So this is a review 10 best.com. That's actually not a bad domain. So somebody doing SEO affiliate would find a decent domain. I mean, maybe review nine best is available, you know, for example, but 10 best protein powders. He's got a table of contents and then he ranks them. This one's far more comprehensive than the other page. The other one was shit compared to this. I mean, he's got them ranked one, two, three, four yeah. with buy now links on Amazon. So these are Amazon affiliate links then, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he would get paid a, a commission from Amazon for pushing the traffic to Amazon. Yeah, correct. And, and Amazon has has pretty low commissions. So um, the fact that he's paying for ads there, uh, he's either you know stuffing a cookie or tagging you a cookie since you visited the site or something like that or doing something different because um, the amount he you pay to get in the ad space is, is way more than what you would pay for for SEO. And and the only the only reason that is is because you know it just takes a little bit longer to to rank with SEO. But once you're up there, it's essentially you know free track free traffic at that point. You're not paying to be up there. So I'm actually curious now because um, I can't pull up my Facebook timeline just because I have a, a timeline blocker. But I want to check on my phone to see if I got it ad showing up for that right now because the cookie i bet i do but yeah a lot of people will they'll monetize these sites in different ways so their their main monetization would be you know affiliate uh commissions but then another way that they do it is they'll grab emails or they'll grab um you know they'll just stuff they'll stuff a cookie so that mm -hmm. they can retarget you and and do that type of thing so there's a ton of way as long as you have the traffic as if you're getting you know fresh organic search traffic there's tons of ways to monetize like we talked about earlier with with ads when you mm -hmm. control the traffic you can you control everything and that's the great thing about 
about SEO just in general, not just affiliate marketing, but how, how easy is it, is it to get like a page for reviewing products? Like, I mean, I'm going to call them nutraceuticals, right? Like protein, creatine, all those bodybuilding things that, that guys spend a fortune on. Cause we do, cause we all want to, you know, look good naked, obviously. But, um, how, how easy is it to get a site that ranks these products onto the first page of Google so that you can start getting click through traffic? Like, does it happen in the first month? Like how long does it take normally? Usually you want to, it takes around six months, kind of no matter what, what the, uh, what the niche is. And if you're talking specifically about the protein powers and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's very hard. I wouldn't recommend going into like kind of the health and supplement space with SEO. The biggest thing that I'll try to, it, to, you know, pound into people's heads with the courses, the research is the most important stage of everything. You want to go into a niche that has low competition so you can enter without having to basically fight all the authority sites at the top, like bodybuilding or men's health or all that stuff that we just saw on that first page. Mm. Those guys are competitive. So you want to go into spaces that, that work really well, but yeah, six months, uh, once you get to a year, it's really turned, it really turns into a nice asset that that produces income. So um, I'm just going to, um, I'm just going to talk about affiliate links that I use just to kind of give you guys a different perspective from SEO. So this is my site, obviously. Um, if I go to like a recent video, like the before the train wreck from earlier this week and you scroll down over here. So I've got affiliate links here for Amazon and you may hear me in some videos saying, Hey guys, look, you know, if you want to click through and grab some books that I recommend. So I've got an Amazon books and product that I like link. So they have something called the influencer program. So if you create content on YouTube, you know, for example, and you have a list of books that you like or products that you like, if you put them in your influencer store and your followers click through the link and they buy them, like people always say to me, like, where do I find the link of books that you recommend? It's like, okay, it's pinned in the top comment, guys, just, you know, go there and click it. They click that. It brings them to the storefront. There's books, automotive, men's grooming and stuff. But I mean, I have books at the top because that's really the best category that I think that, that guys need, need to look at and get the best ROI on. And I've got all the books here that I've read. Let me just tell you why. And I don't do anything. Fifty bucks, 180 bucks a month, right? But just by having it there, it it helps your audience find stuff that you're that you're confident in that you'd recommend for other people to read, and it pays you a little bit of commission. So, um, you know, this stuff's been around for a while. A lot of guys don't really notice it, or they don't know what it is. But that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to talk to people when and they say, "Oh, I do affiliate marketing," they don't understand. And it's just, you know, it's essentially if you're a salesperson online where you can build up these mini like uh, mini properties that do the selling for you and you just, you know, rake in the commissions from that. So it just once you have all those things set up, it's, it's really nice. People don't I think it's still in the beginning stages since stages since people don't don't know about that much. So there's a question here that uh, came in on a super chat. Thanks for that blue chip Dex. He says, what do you think is a reasonable rate to be paying for SEO services for a small to medium sized construction company? We do a pay-per-click budget of a thousand a month. Yeah. Reasonable rate for SEO. It, it really depends on kind of what your, how authoritative your site is already. Um, I would say the minimum per month for like an, to have somebody else do your SEO for you, they'll, the minimum you're going to, probably pay is a thousand bucks a month for that. Um, but it, it all depends on how much, how many keywords you want to rank for. If you want to be number one for, um, for, you know, Dallas construction company or something that's going to probably going to take more than that. But, um, mm. it just depends on, on how hard you want to go. Uh, but like, let's assume that, that uh, blue chip decks is a deck business, right? Let's just assume oh, right, they yeah. make decks, right. You know, for people's backyards to lounge on in the summertime. Um, <laughs> Like if you live in a city, like let's say it's in Toronto, you'd want to rank for Dex Toronto, custom mm -hmm. Dex Toronto. You know, um, I'm not sure what all the keywords were would be, but you try to figure them out and you'd want to rank for them and target the biggest ones that are relevant to search intent to buy. Yep. Right. Like that's what SEO basically is. You can also continue to do pay-per-click marketing 
and show up ahead of the organic searches, but you're paying every time somebody clicks on it. That's the quicker way, obviously. Um, sometimes it's a quick way to losing, you know, the farm because, um, pay-per-click marketing was great. I mean, when I first started doing it around 2003 or four with my debt business, like we were able to get leads for three or four bucks. Um, now sometimes it's hard to get them for 30 or $40 because of competition, because of like, there's a reason why Google makes a F ton of money. They make a lot of money and it comes from uh, paid advertising on uh, pay-per-click marketing, on YouTube, on all the, like all the real estate that they own, they make a fortune on it. And the amount of money that they've made from when they offered this uh, early in the 2000s, or even like 99, 98, when they first started to launch the programs, they're making a hundred times more than what they did to begin with. So um, yeah, you can pay for the clicks, but at the same time, I don't think that you should ignore it. Find a Find a decent company that's got some good, it's got a good reputation uh, that you can pay like a grand or change to maybe and see if you can get yourself ranked so that you show up for deck builder in your city, specifically your city, of course. Yeah. The biggest thing is like when you, when you pay for SEO, <clears throat> it's, it's building up that equity. Like you're going to, you can pay for it and then you rank and then it sits there and it generates, you know, the leads that you want with pay-per-click you're paying every single time. So um, it definitely, has a higher ROI when it comes to, you know, spend for uh, search engines. So, mm. um, let me just go back here to the screen. Let's see if we're caught up on those questions. There's a question here from a guy that said, Hey Ryan, let me grab this here. Hey Ryan would love to know your thoughts on getting a site from 10 K in traffic to hundred K in traffic via SEO. Yeah. So if, I mean, if you already have a site that has 10,000 visitors a month in traffic, Sounds like you're already ranking for stuff. Uh, this is all assuming this is traffic from Google. Sounds like you're already ranking for stuff. Sounds like you already got good content up. Biggest thing I would do is you know add content to the site that's irrelevant to what you've already written about. Uh, Google's all about relevance. So if you add content that's relevant to the overall domain and the overall site, you're gonna get more traffic to that. So just constantly turning out content is one way to do it. Since it sounds like you already have some good authority on the site since you're getting that many visits, Content would be probably my first thing to look at, just get more content up. And then uh, from that point, if you, you're starting to turn out content and you have extra budget, I would go and look at how to get more links to that website. Those are the, that's the biggest ranking factor by far right now is, you know, links. And, and it has been for, for a long time. Links just means, you know, another website is linking to you. And what that does is it shows, you know, Google says, oh, these guys are linking to this guy's money site or this guy's website. He must, this website must be authoritative. It must have some sort of, uh, we, we should trust this site more since it has links coming into it. So that's just a matter of reaching out to web other webmasters saying, Hey, I'd love to either write an article for you or offer some value and say, Hey, I'd love a link on your website. <clears throat> Another way to do it is just to buy them. Um, you have to be careful when buying them because you want to make sure that it's within, you know, the terms of service. You're either hiring someone to build the links for you, which means they're doing that outreach. Um, but you can definitely do it yourself. But those are the two things. The biggest thing is content since you already have the authority and then look at, you know, building up your authority in Google's eyes with links. So hopefully uh, that helps. Um, I got like another 15 minutes before we got to wrap this up. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about your SEO affiliate ranking system um, before we go. So, I mean, stuff like this is not going to be an overnight success model. You're not going to be able to start this now and by the end of the month, quick, quit your J-O-B. Um, what, you, what you will be able to do is if you find that you enjoy it, you're good at it and you stick with it, you can build up a, uh, a book of business basically is what my lawyer would call it, where you've got different pieces of real estate where you have uh, pages that rank well, that have affiliate links in them, that um, rate products, phones, protein powders, like whatever the niche is that you're gonna go after. And I think that you've got a lot of material that explains how to figure out the niche. Yes. that's. <laughs> That's the biggest differentiator, I think, um, is 
you know, everyone will say, you know, you got to go into a good niche, but I don't really tell you how they say, look and look around in your room and find something that, you know, you could sell and stuff like that. But I, I go through how to, how to basically look at the competition, look at what's doing well, reverse engineer it and find niches that other people are in that are doing well and how to get into those low competition niches. So I go through step-by-step step using the tools inside the course to find that niche. So yeah, that's the that's one of the biggest parts, the part that I'm most proud of, I guess, so. Why did you get to that point? Like, were you not getting a lot of success doing SEO marketing, like with the stuff that you're trying to rank for and you're like, okay, this is, this is stupid. I have to find stuff that there's low competition for, but high searches. Like, how did you get to that? I mean, that's exactly how it, I just tried a bunch of different things. I tried ranking different supplement sites. I tried doing big sites, small sites. And I just got to the point where it's, where it's like, this is, this is super frustrating. Um, I've got to, I've got to find a way to do this right. And a lot of it comes from, you know, R and D, like you always say, is looking at who's doing what right now, how are they doing it? How well are they doing and imitating what they're doing in order to get, you know, a similar or the same result or even better result is what I've, uh, talk about in the course because you're basically taking the best competitive, the best websites in that space. You're taking pieces from each of them and creating your own kind of mega, you know, uh, super site that kind of mixes all the best things of those. So I hope, hopefully that makes sense. But yeah, it just came out of frustration. Yeah. Um, I got a super chat here from Marco. He says a big barrier I face is creating the site itself. Is it worth paying a programmer to settle things up? Um, I would, I wouldn't say so. It's pretty easy to set up a WordPress website that all I use is WordPress. If you just Google how to set up a WordPress website, um, you can, you can learn pretty quickly. And, uh, I just talk about where to go and find that information on how to set up a site. You just need a hosting account, you need a domain, and then you just create pages on the site and, and do it all yourself. It's, it's not very hard to learn. So I would, I would say, I mean, if you really wanted to pay a programmer to do that, uh, just to get the initial thing set up, you can do that, but it's pretty easy to, you know, you don't need to learn, you don't know, have to know how to code or anything like that. I mm. almost, I don't know hardly any HTML or CSS or anything like that. Um, Honestly, I, I think if say, you're going to do this, you definitely want to put the time into learning that, Yeah. right? Like how to build the the site, how to update the content on it with links, how to create another page with new links for another review um generally speaking is it like the one that we saw uh up here um i don't have it up anymore but the one that we saw was something like uh 10ranking.com um like you could use that for ranking top 10 electric scooters top 10 glutamine supplements top 10 creatine supplements like you could basically create a new page on the top 10 with either a subdomain or what do they call the um, part of the URL after the domain itself? Uh, the pages or the, the pages? The yeah, okay. Inner pages. Well, yeah, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not dumbing it down enough. But you guys get the point. I mean, like you can literally yeah. use one good domain to rank a whole bunch of different stuff on those different pages if you get it right. Um, Seth, I, I mean, you must know this guy because it looks like you got your course last time. He said, "Get Ryan's course, folks. It's a great investment. I picked it up after the last time I had him on." Um, he's learned a ton. Like the last time I, like you were by far the most requested for me to connect with people after the fact, because you only had a small enrollment window for it. And people were like, message me after, how do I get a hold of Ryan and his course and all this? I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to have him on again in the future. I know he's got updates for it. So, um, listen up. The link is, uh, already there. It'll be pinned below here. I'll drop it in the chat as well. You can pop it open, but I know that it's comprehensive because a lot of the feedback that I've that I've seen from it, from guys that have gotten in, um, are starting to get results. Do you have some, uh, testimonials on it? Like how it all works? I think you some details. Yeah, I have, I have one example. Uh, there's a couple of people that I just, uh, don't want to, uh, kind of give them away just yet, but there is a couple of people where, you know, they've started to make their, their commissions and they've kind of seen the light of, wow, like I just was sitting at my computer, at, you know, going out about my day and I get an email that I made a commission. So, Mm -hmm. um there's one guy named jay uh he's finally um you know started to make commissions on amazon he saw the first one come in and i just i just keep i keep telling him like this is just the beginning you're using amazon what you're going to eventually see is you know if you use 
bigger affiliate programs or private affiliate programs, you can make bigger commissions. So he, he had like a $6 commission. So he sold maybe hundred dollars worth of product or something, but he, he, he's going to make bigger commissions eventually when he switches to private affiliate programs and the traffic's just started. So, uh, as the months roll by, he's going to get those, those bigger commissions. So, um, that's kind of, you know, how what much, you can expect. How much time do you have to put into building out the, um, book of business, like the real estate where you've got, it starting to rank before, you know, you can kind of like, I always look at stuff like this, like a big heavy flywheel. I mean, you've probably read Jim Collins from good to great, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know what that part of the book is all about, he, he, he basically talks about, you know, picture this, uh, big ass giant stone wheel, like Flintstones and the amount of effort you have to put into it to start to get it to roll is massive versus what you need to put into it once it starts rolling. And I suspect that it's a lot like that for SEO affiliate marketing. You have to put a lot of work into getting the links, building out the pages, doing the reviews, putting it all in there, making sure everything clicks through properly before it starts to rank. And you can kind of sit back maybe for a day or two at some point in the future and be like, okay, look at those affiliate commissions roll in while I'm sleeping. Like, is that, is that how it works? Yeah. So I guess I'll just give an example. One of the sites that I did about a year ago, <clears throat> I probably put hundred hours into it total. Uh, but I did that all before, you know, towards the end of the year last year. And then early this year, I worked on it a little bit too, but ever since like February, March, I'd never haven't touched it at all. I haven't worked on it one bit, just let it sit there. And now it's starting to, starting to bring in, you know, really good income. It's starting to get up to, you know, 3000, uh, it'll probably be 3000 by the end of the month, this month. And it'll keep growing. Uh, I would yeah. expect up to like 10 grand by, you know, a couple more months, that type of thing. And then did it's you just follow Pat Flynn. I did. Yeah. I, I just kind of looked at his stuff. I was curious about it. So yeah. Cause I used to listen to his podcasts, um, 2010. I mean, it was over 10 years ago now, I think when it first came out, but I remember oh, he used to build out these like affiliate link sites. Um, I think one of the first ones was like security guard training. And he found out that there was a lot of people searching for security guard uh, certification and training, but not a lot of sites that had information on it. So he put out sites like stuff for security guard training, for food truck training. Um, some of them had courses. Some of them were like affiliate links to other pages, and they ranked pretty good. And the interesting thing about what he does is he used to publish his um, monthly earnings Uh you know, mm -hmm. to his audience. So you could click down on a spreadsheet and you'd be like, okay, well that website's earned him $7,000. That one earned him $12,000. And it's like, he's got this like book of business of websites that earn X amount of dollars. And I remember I heard recently, cause you know, sometimes this stuff shows up in my YouTube feed, but I heard recently that he sold a couple of those properties and he made off with like quarter million dollars plus on some of them. So it's like, not only do you build it out and build your income on it monthly once, you know, once the flywheel starts to turn, but at some point, um, if there's an interest in that piece of real estate, you'll probably sell it and, it, and it sells for a big chunk of change. If it, if it has enough traffic, I was telling you before we went live, I got a friend of mine that bought a, uh, domain for like just over a quarter million dollars because it was, it was totally related to his business. And this guy was building affiliate traffic on it for like years. So not only did he get his passive income, it's like there was a pot of gold at the end of it. Um, do you want to tell guys how much money you make per year doing this? Um, yeah, I guess I'll say uh, <clears throat> uh, it's over uh, about 200,000 uh, from from the collection of websites that that I've done. So and it, and it changes from you know year to year. Uh, usually, like see it, it's going going up. I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah, I mean, you can make a six-figure income if you stick at it for, you know, within the next twelve to eighteen months. You know, you're you'll be sitting pretty if if you put in the work. So cool. Got a, a question here from Mark. He said, uh, "Is this a brand new course and upgrade on the last one that you released?" Uh, this is this is the same one. Um, when there's a when there's a change in the algorithm, I'll put out a video into it and uh, make sure everyone knows what I know. And <clears throat> there hasn't been too much change. I mean, there was a May update that rolled out this past year that uh, kind of messed some people up, but they're already rolling that back. That's that was probably the worst update that they've done like mm -hmm. ever so far is what everyone's saying. But 
Everybody yeah, says anything, that though, like every couple of years, it's the worst thing that Google and YouTube and everybody did yeah, to us. Is, that's is true. Yeah. That's true. You know, bro, I've been hearing that since like 2005. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's always some like the worst stuff and it's like, oh shit, now I got to reinvent my bit. Well, suck it well, up. What, buttercup. I, what, I mean by, it, right? what I mean by worst is, um, is, uh, it didn't make sense. So what they're doing is they're rolling it back to what they had it before. Google sense. didn't like it. So, so they're, it, it's going back. There's a certain, there's a certain principles that Google will always be there. Links, yeah. relevance, as long as you get those things right, you're going to rank. You might see some fluctuations with the algorithm, but you know, if you do the right things, you know, the money will follow. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess on that note, um, we'll start to wrap it up because I got to get a move on in about five minutes or so. But, um, you know, just to recap, try to try to stay away from side hustles that exchange time for money. Quite often you'll find if you're doing like a business to consumer type of side hustle, you're going to make less than minimum wage once you do the math, you know, walking dogs, driving cars, dropping people off, stuff like that. Try to stay away from low level stuff that's uh, going to earn you less than $3,000 a month. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to side hustle something, the whole point of it is to turn it into your real gig, um, you know, on a long term basis. So if you're earning potentials like two or three grand a month, wasting your time at the end of the day, um, flipping, uh, moving physical products in the mail. All of that stuff can make you some money. But at the end of the day, like I'll be honest with you guys, and it's one of the reasons why I bought, brought Ryan on the first time was I'm a big fan of making money while you sleep and doing some things where you put in the time, you build up some real estate. Um, it might drip at first, but hopefully at some point, if you get it right, it's like drinking from a fire hose and you have a shitload more money coming in with a piece of property that you own because you own that domain. I mean, as long as you keep paying for the registration renewals and you own the domain, um, you can sell it at some point, right? So that's that's basically what that model looks like. It's a good model for uh, SEO. Uh, what Ryan has is a course. He's, he's basically taken everything that he's doing. He's put it in a course so you guys can do the same thing. Uh, it's linked in the description, in the top comment, and I've already dropped it in the chat. I'll put it in the chat again before I go. Is there anything else you want to tell him before we wrap up real quick, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. One of the, one of the bigger reasons that I made the course is one guy kind of twisted my arm to do it. And an, another one is that, you know, if we, part of it is to find people who can actually do the work and build something up to, to be impressive that I can see. And from that, uh, you know, I'm looking for, you know, possibly potential partners from people who that have built this up. Cause I know if I can, if I can find someone who has this knowledge and is trained in that, and that that that'll benefit me down the road, either doing something together, and you know, hopefully that might come out of this. So, all right, guys, there you have it. Um, also, a reminder: I do a, a playing to win episode usually every two weeks. Next one I have on is about two weeks time on a Thursday. You, you guys are really gonna like this one. This is a friend of mine that I've known for a long time. Um, he's a lawyer that has set up many many businesses, had many exits, and he's currently working on a psilocybin. Uh, treatment center. So legal psilocybin treatment. Currently they use uh, ketamine uh, for things like uh, PTSD. Uh, they've got three clinics open already. They have a research facility that they just opened up in the Caribbean. This is legit. This is, this is going to be the next wave of what's been going on with cannabis, which, which has started to, you know, basically come down from its peak. Um, so if you're interested in learning more about that and his story, that'll be in two weeks time. Um, you're definitely going to want to make sure you've got the subscription button hit and the notification bell smashed so you do not miss it. Thanks for joining me, Ryan. We'll see you soon, brother.